So for the past couple of weeks, um, as a church, we've attempted to slow things down a bit, um, and change seems to be uh, coming rapidly, even um, more so now um, with, with recent events. And part of the way that we've been slowing things down is really refocusing on our foundations. And we've been looking at different things at Free Christian Church that are our foundations, our, our vision, and our, and our purpose. And today we're going to look at our values. And these are some of the things that at Free Church that we value. So we value the Bible, worship, prayer, evangelism, mission and service, whole life discipleship, authentic relationships, and a legacy of faith. And we have those on our website and definitions of that. So we have particular values that we, that we hold as our foundation. And as I think about what happened last Thursday, it was, it was a little surreal week. Um, Tuesday being the celebration of the anniversary of 9-11, which um, able to, I was able to uh, participate in the town of Andover's um, time to celebrate that and commemorate that. And it was something that was, um, I counted it a joy, not only to, um, represent the church, but to be part of that. And then on this Thursday, as Pastor John was talking about, we sat there in the church. It's around 5.30 in the afternoon. Um, he was winding things down. I was winding things down. Um, I actually had a, a date with my wife. Um, we were going to go to Casablanca in Andover, right around the corner. Thursday's our date night. And um, John and Penny Martin came in and said, you guys got to evacuate. And I was like, oh. Now, I have a pretty high tolerance for um, emergencies. <laughs> So if it's like, in law, like my first response was, are there bullets flying? And it was like, no, then it's not an emergency. And so as soon as she said, there's things that are exploding, I was like, okay, then I, that's an emergency. So we left, we, we left and it was th that surreal thing, looking at people outside on Elm Street, kind of like gathering around their house. Um, one uh, Elm Street was backed up. So it took me an hour and a half to get from um, from the church to the uh, North Andover Haverhill line where I live and so it was it was crazy everything changed for me and for you and we felt it and it's still changing and most of us because of things like that we view change in a very negative way we think, I hate change. And as a matter of fact, we use things in our vocabulary, the good old days, and I wish things would just go back to the way they were. And we avoid change, we're afraid of change, and we, we really resist change. We, we really dig our heels in. And some of us are feeling that tension at this very moment as change is continual right now as things develop. Yet, Change is essential, and it's necessary, and it's good in the Christian life. And the Christian journey is a journey of continual change. And in Christ, everything changes. So if you're not there, turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21. Now, just to give you a little context, the church at Corinth was, um, was not happy about change. They wanted to hold on to some of their values that they had prior to Christ. They wanted things to be the same. And Paul is entreating them on both 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians saying, listen, you can't have both. As a matter of fact, 
remaining where you're at and being in Christ, those things, those things it necessitates change. You're gonna, things are gonna change. And today what I wanna do is I want to take a big picture view and explore three major things that change as followers of Jesus Christ in the hope that we can see change, especially now as we're experiencing it in a rapid sense in a new and fresh way. So let us pray and ask God to bless our time. Father, we bless you and we entreat you by the power of your Holy Spirit to teach us the things that we do not know. We pray that we would see scripture the way that you want us to see scripture, that you would speak to our hearts at this time and that we would embrace the change that you have thrust upon us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing we see is that in Christ, our reality changes. Our reality is completely changed when we are in Christ. And Pastor John brought it up uh, earlier today. But God's timing is amazing, considering that this week was a time that we were going to settle down and just focus in prayer and fasting, asking God to just respond in any way that he wanted to respond. And he has responded. And our reality completely changes when we're in Christ. Just reading some of the Facebook posts that you guys um, have posted and, and just having conversations. I think of Mac McSweeney, who is a chaplain at Lawrence General, and he goes and, and he actually was, was there ministering to the family, the victims of, of, of this tragedy. And on his post, he writes that this was, this was a good time of ministry, that he loved being a chaplain at this time. And most people would say, you love being a chaplain at this time? Reality shifts. And we see that in Christ we have a new reality because we are a completely changed person. Verse 17 says, therefore, if any is in Christ... If any is in Christ, in Christ means if any is united with Christ and our identity is in Christ, the new creation, the, the original, uh, something that has never been seen before, brought into existence by God, has come. The old is gone, the new is here. The old state of affairs is gone, but the new state of affairs has come into existence. It's been created by God. This is God-initiated change that is completely transformative. And it changes every aspect of who we are, even if we don't feel it at that particular time. We are a work in progress. We have been changed and are being changed and will one day be changed. And we enter in this journey as we put our faith in Jesus Christ that God, God promises to complete. This is God's promise. He promises to change us into Christ's likeness. Romans 8, 29 through 30 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Here's the thing, folks. God is not a congregationalist. He's not sitting there saying, I'm going to vote if this change is all right. He just says, I'm God, and change is going to happen. I'm a transformative God, and I'm going to change you. And we want this change. We want to be changed in the image of Christ. But this change hurts. It hurts. Why? Because it initiates a new perception of reality. Reality is different. Verse 16 says, So for now on we, re we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, know, we do so no longer. 
We used to interpret the world and the things around us in the, in the lens that did not consider Christ as, as Lord and Savior. But now we do because we're a new creation. And we see things that we've never seen before. And situations are different. And we saw this ex extremely, like, this, this last few days. As we see things unfold and we say, most people are like, this is, this is crazy. There's panic. And we see, we, we go and we say, God is at work here. We know God is at work. He's gonna, good is going to come out of this. We know that. And that's a total different perception, a total different reality that we have been gifted with. And this change is wonderful, but it could be unsettling as well. It's unsettling because we don't have all the answers anymore. We just don't. God works. His, his, his providence, the way he works, is mysterious to us at many times. And people want a response in what God is doing. And we say, I don't know. I just know God is good. But that could be unsettling. And so a Christ-centered reality requires us to embrace these Christ-centered virtues and environments to grow in Christ-likeness. We need to be in, in, in these environments that, that promote these authentic relationships. Prayer becomes a major, a major aspect. We pray all day, day long. We, we cease. We, don't, we, we, we pray without ceasing. In our minds, we have a, a, a spirit of prayer to God. And the Bible becomes... God's word and every act becomes worship. And I think about how do we how do we promote this? How does this how do we how do we or how are we shaped in Christ's likeness in this? And it's been interesting because this week the one thing that we've seen is community, right? It's like people are like, let's bind, bind, bind together in community. And that's what we seek. We seek community, but here's the thing: the church should be the expert of community. Because we're a community in Christ. And so we are called to be in community and, and smaller groups of community and pray with one another and, and study God's word to one, one another. And we care about the authentic relationships with one another. So I encourage you in the next few weeks that as we talk about coming together as a, a community, a larger local community, but also come together in a smaller community in a, in a small group of some sorts. And there's some information on that as we come. But I encourage you on this. If you, if you crave that, which we all do, Get involved in that. Grow in that Christ-likeness. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, in Christ, our responsibility changes. Pastor John was talking about it. We, we went down to the Andover Fire Department. And, um, it was just unbelievable talking with the first responders because he had this sense of responsibility. Some of you are, are first responders, and it's just this sense, this burden, like this is what we do. And it's like, thank you for what you do. And, and one, of, one of the firemen were like, well, that's, that's what I do. That it was just this sense of responsibility. And we too have a, a, a new responsibility. This new responsibility is a joint responsibility. Verse 18 says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself. And I just want to pause there for a second. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. God reconciled us to himself. I don't know if that just blows your mind. The God of the universe reconciles us to himself. We just, we just were, were singing about God's mercy. This is unbelievable. Through Christ and gave us 
So he's reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us. That word gave us, that phrase gave us, means granted us the privilege, the ministry of reconciliation or, or restoration. And as I was talking to one of the firemen, he, he really talked about this legacy of service that his family had. So he's like, I got this responsibility, but it's this legacy of service. My family's always served as in, in the fire departments. And it was interesting talking to him about that. And as followers of Christ, we have been given this legacy of faith, entrusted, privileged to us by the one that has reconciled us to himself. And I don't think many of us count this a privilege that God has granted us many times. I think that sometimes we see this ministry of reconciliation, it could be a burden at times, because it's uncomfortable. And sometimes it makes us feel guilty. And this would require us to change everything about our lives. And that's, that's Jesus. That's what he says. I am a transformative God. And I've given you this ministry of reconciliation. It's a privilege. We see that the new responsibility is to the world. Verse 19 says that God was recon reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. In verse 17, the term new creation also means new creation, not just individual, but worldwide. God is, is in the business of creating new cre a new creation with the whole entire world, reconciling the world, the entire world. And we have a privilege to be part of that. And I want you to think about this. We at Free Christian Church have a world impact. Starting here, in our local community. We here in, in these small little towns in New England have a world impact, and it starts right here, for God's overall plan to reconcile the world to himself. And when I talked to the, 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 the first responders, they counted it a privilege to serve our community. I was blown away, I almost was in tears. It was a privilege to serve our community. They were, they were beat down. Pastor John was talking to the police chief, doing a senior pastor thing, and I, I, was, I was sitting outside, just like, just talking to people, and these guys counted it a privilege. They've been up all night, one guy had some stuff around his arm, you could tell that he'd gotten hurt, but he counted it a privilege to serve our community. And here's the thing, church, when I stand before Christ, I wanna know that here at Free Christian Church, that we had a hand in God's reconciling purposes, encountered a privilege because of our service to the world that begins right here. I want to stand and be able to sit there and when Jesus looks at me face to face, go, hey, here at Free Christian Church, we had a hand in this, God. We were obedient to this. When you gave us these opportunities, we seized that opportunity. I want to be part of that. And I want to count it a privilege. So what does this responsibility look like? Well, the new responsibility is all about getting the message out. We see in verse 19 that God has committed to us or assigned the duty. That's what committed to us means. It means he's assigned a duty, a responsibility, the message of reconciliation. So what is this message? Well, we skip to verse 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. 
That's the message of reconciliation. Christ and what he has done. It's the good news of the, of the gospel. And, and maybe you're not unclear on what that is. And I just want to be very clear on what that is. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God stepped down from heaven, Jesus Christ, and lived a perfect and righteous life. A righteous life that we cannot live. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell you that. And he died, he was nailed to a cross, and he bore the wrath of the Father. But three days later, he was resurrected to new life. And we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we too are resurrected to new life, and we are reconciled to God. We have direct access to God through Jesus Christ. But that's not it, because God is renewing everything in this world, and we have a hand in it. We are agents of reconciliation. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the message of reconciliation that we've been entrusted with. Amen. You could amen, that's fine. I'm good with that. So how do we do this? Well, now's the time where people actually want to talk. They want to tell their story. And so it's time for us to tell our story. It's time for us just to get into normal conversations with your neighbor and tell them what was going on in your heart and what was happening during this whole thing the last couple days. And you can't separate it from your faith in Jesus Christ because that's who you are. That's your identity. Your identity is in Christ. And so it naturally comes up. You tell them the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. You could do that. That's the easiest way. Maybe you're like, I still don't know how to do that. Well, then you need to get equipped. And so you just saw the, the, the video for Alpha. Come to Alpha if you've never been. This is something we talk about in Alpha. Maybe you have been to Alpha. Just invite someone to Alpha. Or maybe you invite someone to Alpha and you go with them. So we had that check it out dinner on the 25th. So you have many ways to, to continue this message of reconciliation. So that's, our, that's number two. Our third thing. In Christ, our role changes. Our role is a high calling in Christ. Verse 20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Now, an, an ambassador was, was someone that, that would represent, that represents a, a sovereign nation, a, a, a president, a king. And we are called Christ's ambassadors. And it was interesting as... Pastor John and I were walking the community on, on Friday, and I saw the first responders. And I'm going to tell you, there was something inside of me that was kicking in. Like, I miss being in uniform. I, it's like I wanted to help, and the only thing I knew what that was like was being in uniform and helping and being right there and, and helping people and getting my hands dirty. And, and I, I felt that. I know some of you felt that. Like, I want to do something. But for me, it was, I want to throw a uniform on, and I want to be there. And I realized that's, that's not my call at that time. That's not what I'm called to do. But sometimes, and things have changed, I no longer wear a uniform. And sometimes we hate change because it means we have to give up something that we find our identity and purpose in. And as Christ's ambassadors, we represent Christ, reminding us that our true identity is in Christ. And as his ambassadors, we pronounce his terms of peace in our, every, in our everyday and in our frontline ministry. We are ambassadors proclaiming, saying, this is how you can find peace. You want to find peace? And that's what people are looking for, especially right now. I need peace. 
We got that message. And we're his ambassadors. And we pronounce God's terms for peace on our frontline ministries where we're at. And so what does this mean for us? It means that everything that we do, every opportunity is sacred service to God. This means everywhere we go is a, a mission opportunity. It means that our whole life is an opportunity to just render everything to Christ, just give it to him. This means that our everyday lives and the changes we face, even now, are ordained by God and they matter to God. This is not a shock to God of what's happening right now. It's not. Not only do they matter, not only do these things matter, but our role is God's plan A. We're God's plan A. We continue on the verse, as though God were making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal to the world through us. So he's reconciling the world, he's reconciled us, he's reconciling the world, and he's making his appeal through us. We are God's plan A. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And in order to embrace this idea of being God's plan A as Christ's ambassadors, we must be whole life disciples. We must totally be sold out to Christ and see everything as an opportunity to make disciples or grow in a discipleship relationship with Christ. And in times of crisis, we get this sense of our role. We do. Like right now, we get the sense of community and wanting to help, and, and we're very outwardly focused right now because crisis is upon us. But as, as fast as the, the, the news cycles changes, we tend to forget. And life just continues on. But what if we didn't forget? What if we didn't forget, church? What if we were just totally sold out? What if this feeling that we're feeling right now of wanting to help others and being outwardly focused, what if we just had that all of the time? And we pursued that all of the time. What would our community look like? You see, this role is not my role. It's not your role. It's our role. It's our role. Remember, he's making his appeal through us. Not Pastor Brian, not Pastor John, not Roselle, not Maureen, us. I think God has given us a wonderful opportunity here as a church. I really do. Opportunities are abound at this moment, and, and that's why we want to talk to you downstairs um, right after service, because we have an opportunity to really reach out at this moment in time. God has called us to this moment for a reason. It's not a shock to him. So let me conclude. Everything changed for us on Thursday. Everything. Some of you are still going through that change and we're recovering from that change. Some of you have not taken a shower in a few days and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for your neighbor right now. But here's the thing. Friday, Friday as, as JP and I were walking, we ran into Brian Ritchie. And we, we all three of us just sat on a bench in the corner of Elm and Main Street. And we just kind of sat there and we were just kind of chatting. And it was nice. 
I was sitting there going like, I don't know what to do. What do we do? But it was nice. It was just the people of God just, just talking to one another. And then we ate lunch together. Sorry, Clancy, we raided your, your frid- refrigerator. Blame it on John, it's, it's his fault. Um, we ate all your food, because it was gonna go bad anyways. So that's what we told ourselves. Um, and we ate lunch together, and it was, it was great. And then later on that day, I, I ran into George Thompson, delivering meals to seniors in the midst of all of this. And it just made me smile. And then I ran into Sam Worley, you know Sam Worley, walking by the, the, the town hall and the senior center. And I ran up to, to, to Sam and he just encouraged me. And I thought to myself, everything's gonna be fine. God's got this. And I hope that's how you feel because it's the truth. And this time tomorrow, actually as soon as you walk out of this door, something's gonna change either because of what's going on right now or because we are people that are constantly changing and being transformed. Change is gonna happen. And before you dig in your heels, stop and remember that the same God that has changed you is still changing you and is using you to change the world beginning right here in Andover and North Andover. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for being with us always. We thank you for being a good and gracious God to us, showing your mercy upon us through what your son Jesus Christ has done on the cross, but also for the people of God. We thank you for the mutual ministry of the saints here at Free Christian Church. May we honor you as we we continue to look outside of ourselves. So we love you and we ask you to be with us and empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.